I don't know if all of you feel like I do that are in a similar age bracket as I am, but camp meetings like this remind me of the story that uh, is true in all relay races. And that is that in all relay races, the most important part of the race is when one runner is winding down and he's making the handoff to the next runner. And the runner that's making the handoff is determined that he's not even going to let up one little bit on his grip until he's sure the next runner has got as tight of a grip on it as what he had. And I have felt a man looking and seeing all the blessed great men of God, a man that we have known through the years and admired and respected. And we see their uh, age that they're at, and uh, God knows I'm praying for each of them to have many, many more helpful years. But once they pass 70, they start living on borrowed time. Amen. And I'm telling you, I feel a sense of urgency within all of our hearts that said, God, help us to show to our elders, the generation before us, that we've got just as firm of a grip on this truth as what they have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I do believe that is the will and the purpose of the Almighty God. Thank you, brother and sister Spell, for your wonderful hospitality. I'm telling you, there is no place in the world you can go to be pampered. Amen. No place in uh, any of them exotic islands that you could go that could compare to being a house guest with Brother and Sister Spell. And I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. Amen. Didn't you enjoy that song that they sang? Amen. We've had a wonderful, wonderful time of, of fellowshipping. Amen. Some stories we won't tell you about. But uh, I honestly believe that, uh, amen, when I see Elder Spell on the streets of gold, and I ask him about his mansion, he's going to be saying, Have you seen my keys, brother? <laughs> Amen. I tell you, precious, precious man of God. Amen. And God has certainly, certainly blessed this local assembly here with such a great man of God. It's so beautiful to see all of the young people and the children that are a part of this church amen around here and all that they have done you know children are amazing i got a little copy of some dear pastor letters that uh, children wrote to their pastor let me read you just two or three of them here one said dear pastor i know god loves everybody but he never met my sister yours sincerely arnold age eight Dear Pastor, I'm sorry I can't leave more money in the plate, but my father didn't give me a raise in my allowance. Could you have a sermon about a raise in my allowance? Love, Patty, age 10. Dear Pastor, I would like to go to heaven someday because I know my brother won't be there. Stephen, age 8. Dear Pastor, please pray for our baseball team. We need God's help or a new pitcher, one. Thank you, Alexander, age 10. Dear Pastor, are there any devils on earth? I think there may be one in my class. Carla, age 10. Finally, dear Pastor, how does God know the good people from the bad people? Do you tell him or does he read about it in the newspapers? Amen. So, we are blessed to have the youth surrounding us, amen, as a part of this great apostolic heritage that you and I are a part of. And I want to read to you tonight, I sincerely say thank you, amen, for those of you that have made the effort and been here uh, for whatever service it is. And I do believe that 
God has challenged some hearts this week through the ministry of Brother Gross. I let him to know, I believe it was this morning, I said, Brother Gross, you, you put a man in a terrible spot when he hears you teach. It's the dilemma of not knowing whether to take your tapes home and pass them out to all the people in our church or to have you come and preach and insist that you preach exactly the same thing. And that is the kind of Bible teaching that has challenged my heart this week, and I believe it's challenged yours also. God has also tried to challenge us in the area of reaching out in evangelism, in doing more for God than what we have ever done before, in being willing, amen, to reach across cultures, across language barriers, amen, across nationalities, and reach for people. I don't, I don't know how you're going to handle it, but let me just tell you a quick story. And uh, this is the truth, the journey that I as a pastor went on through all of this. The Lord blessed us one night with a uh, precious, precious Spanish-speaking grandma that came to our church, received the gift of the Holy Ghost, didn't understand one word of anything that went on in the service. And she uh, came faithfully. Every service didn't understand anything. One day I came to her and I said, uh, Sister Seha, through an interpreter, I said, Please, please, I have heard of a good Spanish-speaking church that's not too far from here. And I know that you feel the presence of God here. But I said, I truthfully know you've got to hear the Word of God and understand it to be saved. So I've heard of this good church and I'd like to recommend it to you. If you could please go next Sunday there, visit, and uh, come back and talk to me about it. If you liked it and what all that it entailed. And so she went that week. The Lord spoke to me that week. You can call it whatever you want. But I was praying and the Lord spoke to me and said, Son, if one of your children had have been born deaf. Would you have sent them off to a family where there's only deaf people that live there? Or would you have said, this child was born here. Mom and dad are going to learn sign language or whatever it takes. We're not given our baby away and when God spoke that to my heart that sweet sister came back the next Sunday she was hanging her head avoiding me after service I got an interpreter there I said sister Seha what did you think about the service over there she nodded her head kept looking down said it was good. The interpreter was telling me it was, it was good. It was good. I said, great, sister. She looked up at me and big old tears coming down her cheek and in Spanish. She said, but pastor, this is my home. This is my home. <laughs> oh, I put my arm around that sweet grandma. I said, forgive me. Forgive me. You're mighty right. This is your home. You're mighty right. Amen. God allowed you to be birthed in Zion here. And I'm going to love you. Do everything within my power to help you. Now, however you're going to deal with the subject matter, that's all between you and God. But I'm telling you, God's doing something in this last hour like we have never, ever, ever seen before. Hallelujah. Getting us ready for that multicultural choir up in heaven where we're all going to be singing together. Amen. Out of every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue, we're going to be worshiping 
magnifying our God together and giving honor to His name. 2 Samuel chapter 21, and I'm reading to you there from verse number 15 of the chapter. You will turn with me. I feel impressed of the Lord to talk to you tonight from this chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 21, beginning at verse number 15. The Bible said, Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines, and David waxed faint. And Ishbibonob, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed three hundred shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. I don't mind telling you, the first time I read that scripture, I thought there's got to be two Davids in the Bible. There's got to be another David. I've heard preaching all of my life, and David never had a struggle once on the battlefield. And this is talking about a David, a man that waxed faint. He gave out. He ran out of gas. He was almost dead. Amen. Amen. Verse 17 said, But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, secured him, and smote the Philistine, and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle that thou quench not the light of Israel. And it came to pass after this, that there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. Sibachai the Hushethite slew Saph, which was of the sons of the giant. There was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines, where Elhanan, the son of Jerah Origem, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath the Gittite, the staff, of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. And there was yet a battle in Gath, where was a man of great stature that had on every hand six fingers, on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number. And he also was born to the giant. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan the son of Shimei, the brother of David, slew him. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. My subject tonight is simply this, contagious courage. Contagious courage. Something happened to the other men in Israel that day when Abishai arose to the responsibility and the challenge that was before him. And I'm asking God to do that here tonight. Amen. I'm praying, God, let something get to itching tonight that's worse than chiggers all throughout this tabernacle. Let something get to really just, oh, spread faster than chicken pox. Amen. Just let something contagious happen in this service tonight. Let's pray together. God in heaven, I thank you and I praise you, God, for this glorious visitation of the Spirit these past five days. Oh, God, we give honor and thanksgiving to you now. And I pray, God, would you help me, Lord, as I endeavor to obey you, God, to complete, I pray, let your spirit put the capstone upon the work that you have sought to do here, God. I believe you and trust you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Contagious courage. Hallelujah. As all of us are well aware here tonight, David is in reputation 
the bonafide giant killer of the Bible. He is the one that, uh, according to all of our Sunday school lessons and all of the preaching that we have ever heard, he is that unique individual that when nobody else was capable were trembling in the bushes and hiding from the massive giant by the name of Goliath, that David went out not with sword or spear, but with his sling. And he conquered uh, that massive man that stood there before him. He was, many believe, just 17 years old the day that that happened. It wasn't even a close call. It's pretty hard to even keep people in suspense telling the story of David and Goliath because from the youngest to the eldest, we know that he evermore mopped up on him. He took his head off of the battlefield to the shouts, uh, the praises, the dancing of all of the maidens in Israel that was there, glorifying David and his prowess and ability as he led them in battle from that day forward. David, I would like to leave with you here tonight, was the shepherd of Israel. And I want you to know he was a type, a beautiful type, and an example of your pastor. I want you to understand that your pastor, if he was called by God, he is anointed by God for the city in which you have your local congregation. And being anointed by God, he is well qualified to take the mantle of being a bona fide giant killer. Don't you ever, ever doubt it, my friend. He knows even as David knew uh, how to conquer more than just physical giants. Uh, David could handle the power plays of a Joab, the mud slinging of a Shimei, the rebellion of an Absalom, uh, the Ahithophel uh, that would not forgive him uh, of mistakes of years gone by. Let me tell you, the man that God has placed in your life uh, as your your pastor can handle giants. Uh, don't ever doubt it, my friend. Uh, hey man, uh, he's got the know-how and he's got the power of God uh, behind him uh, to back it up. Uh, anybody here believe that? Oh, yes he does. Uh, yes he does. Uh, and there are many, many, many giants uh, that all you have to do uh, is take a seat somewhere in the grandstands uh, and you mark it down. Uh, the outcome uh, is going to be positive. Uh, he doesn't need your help. Uh, amen. In fighting uh, the regular, ordinary giants that come. Uh, you let a spirit of carnality sweep inside of a church. Uh, and why? Watch that man of God. Woo. Just, just, just watch him. Uh, amen. Uh, watch him one day uh, as he kicks the cat off the front porch. Woo. And everybody in the congregation uh, said, Go, Pastor, go. Uh, amen. Uh, as you're ducking for cover, uh, pulling your toes back, uh, saying he's in one uh, of them modes tonight. Uh, he's going to set the house uh, in order uh, before he gets done. Uh, and there ain't going to be any doubts uh, in anybody's mind uh, who's in charge uh, at the house of God around here. And thank God for that. You are blessed that you don't have a board telling your preacher what to do. You are blessed. Amen. That there's nobody dictating to him what to preach, what not to preach, and where to draw the line. Woo! Hallelujah. God ordained it. Whew. 
to pull them chains in his heart uh, and tug on those strings. Uh, hallelujah. And the work uh, gets accomplished. Uh, but allow me to introduce to you tonight the one and only giant that I read about in the Bible that God would not allow the shepherd to kill by himself. It's a fella by the name of Ishbibanab. Amen. You say, he must have been twice the size of Goliath. No. Matter of fact, if you uh, judge it on his guns and what they could handle, he must have been about half the size of Goliath because Goliath had a spear that weighed 600 shekels uh, and Ishbibanab could only handle one that weighed 300 shekels. He might have been as tall as him. I don't know the Bible. Doesn't give any description. Uh, but he was a brother that couldn't handle uh, nearly the amount of weight uh, of what his big brother could handle. Uh, but there was something about uh, this giant. Uh, amen. He might have been a small fry. But brother, he was one tough little shrimp. Uh, because he wasn't out on the battlefield uh, with a rookie that day. Uh, he wasn't out there with an inexperienced man. Uh, it was that one, uh, hey man, that was like a bear robbed of her cubs, the Bible said. Uh, you better not meet up with David uh, out in the wilderness. Uh, he was one bad feared hombre uh, and knew how to fight, uh, how to handle the sword, uh, the spear, uh, and take care of business uh, all by himself. But what in the world went wrong that day? Well, I don't know for sure, but I think there's a clue in the name of this giant. His name meant to sit down and be fruitful. I want to let that sink in for just a minute. This giant's name meant to sit down and be fruitful. Hallelujah. Now that's a complete misnomer because no fruit ever grows anywhere. Amen. By sitting down and doing nothing. No crop is ever grown uh, without that seed fighting its way through the soil, uh, reaching for the sunlight uh, and trying uh, to struggle itself uh, to the fruitfulness uh, that is there. I present to you tonight uh, as the apostolic church uh, in the earth at the end uh, of this millennium uh, that we are living in. Uh, that giant uh, is still alive and well uh, among us today. Uh, that giant, uh, amen, uh, is sprouting baby giants uh, everywhere you look, uh, everywhere you go. Uh, amen. Uh, we are so Catholic uh, in our belief system uh, that said, uh, when I come to the church, all I got to do is pay, pray, and obey. That's all I got to do, Bubba. Uh-huh. Yeah. Long as I learn, uh, amen, how to do those three things. Uh, what more could my pastor ever ask for? What more? I'm the dream saint, honey. You just don't know it. Uh, amen. If I got those things down pat, uh, you said, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's what we think. Uh, if you want to be saved, if you want to be in the church, uh, well, I've got to repent of my sins. Yes. Uh, I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Yes. Uh, I've got to receive the Holy Ghost, uh, evidence in speaking in tongues. Yes. Uh, I've got to learn and embrace and obey uh, holiness uh, and all that it teaches in the Word of God. Yes. Uh, amen. i got to start paying my tithe uh, and giving my offerings. Yes. Uh, is there any more i got to do? Uh-uh. i just got to sit down and be fruitful. 
that that that's that's all uh, that that's all uh, that's ever asked uh, out of a saint of God, brother. You do all of the above, uh, and oh my my, you get the brownie button. Uh huh. Uh huh. And little did you know that when you make that choice at that stage, you become a participant with the giant that has the ability to stomp the life out of your pastor. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't don't get too quiet on me around here tonight. Uh, amen. Uh, hallelujah. You say, man, that if I do all of that stuff, that makes my pastor happy. Oh, yeah, for a little while for a little while. But let me tell you uh, something you might not know. Uh, your pastor is a God called man of God uh, that has a burden uh, to reach the city where God called him to. Uh, and with that burden uh, you can't buy him uh, a big enough house uh, to satisfy that burden. Uh, you can't pay uh, enough tithe uh, in the offering plate uh, to satisfy that longing uh, that's inside of his heart. Uh, you can't build enough buildings uh, to make him uh, content uh, to just sit there uh, the rest of his life uh, and not make any progress uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, he's a God-called man uh, like Rachel of old uh, that prays, uh, Give me children uh, lest I die. Uh, give me children lest I die. I put water in that baptistry because I want to baptize somebody in the name of Jesus. We build altars because we want somebody brand new repenting of their sins. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I ain't preaching a fairy tale to you tonight. I'm preaching to you the truth. Amen. And services like what we've been in around here, they do something to God called men. They put something in their soul uh, that said, I'm going home. Uh, we hadn't done it in a long time. Uh, but I'm planning, uh, amen, to have uh, an outreach. Uh, I'm planning to have uh, some door knocking. Uh, I'm planning to do this uh, and do that. Uh, or whatever God puts in His heart. Uh -huh. And big old Ishbibanab stands on the battlefield. And said, I double dog dare you to try it. Nobody is going to help you. Nobody is going to get your burden. Nobody in the congregation. And David went out into the battlefield uh, that day. Oh, my friend, uh, I can't over-illustrate the story of what happened on the battlefield. Uh, the Scripture said the others, Abishai and the rest, uh, they were out there fighting too. Uh, but since none of them uh, were bona fide giant killers, uh, they were over there fighting uh, with their league. You know, six foot six and below uh, are the guys we'll take on. That's the guys we'll fight. We'll fight over here with our little problems and our little worries and our little situation. But David will ignore you and the battle that you've got against that massive giant that's out to stomp a mud hole in you and rip faith from your heart and rip the desire and the longing out of you. Oh, God have mercy. Saints in the church. Amen. We get so caught up in our little old pint-sized problems and battles. And we blow it up to where we think that's really the biggie. Uh -huh. 
Teenagers, God bless you young people. Uh, amen. Teenagers, uh, amen. They get all prayed up, uh, fired up at youth camp or somewhere else. Uh, and they say, I'm going to go home uh, and do great things for God. Uh, and I'm going to really help the pastor. Uh, and all of a sudden they wake up one morning and there's four fresh new pimples on their face. I ain't going to church tonight. I got stomach cramps. Oh, I got a backache. Oh, God, I got a headache. It's a migraine, Mama. I can't go. I promise you, I'm hurting too bad. I can't go. Have mercy. Why in the world do you think your little pint-sized problems, amen, there's bigger fish to fry, amen, than the little problems and struggles that we wrestle with. I've seen some saints come to church on Sunday night and there's sinners there that need a red-hot service, amen, where they can feel the power of God. Uh-huh. And Brother Leroy's sitting over there about to pout himself to death because his phone bill is overdue and it's fixing to be canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pastor didn't pay the bill for him that time like he did the last dozen times. Uh, amen. And he's really hard pressed. Uh, all throughout the service, brother, he can't pat his foot. Uh, amen. He can't worship. Uh, he can't get in with it. Uh, hey, uh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you're not the first one that ever had your phone turned off. Uh, amen. Why in God's kingdom uh, can't we get our eyes uh, off of our little battles? Uh, and our little struggles uh, and our little wars uh, that are going on uh, and say when I step uh, into the sanctuary uh, of the living God uh, I want to help my pastor I want to help him uh, he's in a battle uh, fighting against that old spirit uh, uh, just sit down uh, he's fighting against it uh, and he needs some help <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible said that Abishai just happened to look up in the nick of time. And he looked over there and he saw a big old toothless giant with a sword gleaming up in the sun with a big old belly laugh saying, Ah! I guess I showed him. Now, you might not believe, but friend, them were seasoned warriors. And for him to have thought he had slain David means David was pumping blood out of somewhere. David was semi-comatose, laying on the battlefield. David was all but history. Uh, he thought he was dead meat uh, and it's all over but the bragging rights. Uh, I got him, uh, I got him, I got him. Uh, and something inside uh, of Abishai turned over uh, on the inside uh, and he did a double take uh, and he looked back again uh, and he said, Oh my God, uh, no, uh, that was the giant uh, that David my shepherd, uh, my king, uh, my leader. Uh, that was the giant uh, that he was fighting against. Uh, and it looks like uh, that he's overcome him. Uh, and I can't see David uh, anywhere uh, across the hill. Ooh. Ooh. Something, uh, something stirred uh, inside uh, of Abishai. Something moved inside of him that said, I ain't ever done it before. I ain't ever had an ounce of experience in fighting a giant before. But that's the man that prayed for me. That's the man that helped me when I was down. That's the man that lifted me up when I was discouraged. That's the man that's been there for me every time I needed him. Woo! 
He ain't never failed to come to my rescue. And I have got to go and find a way to help him. Yes! Yes! Somebody give God praise! Hallelujah! 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 Be seated. Bible said that this old Abishai, he wasn't actually the preacher's pick of the church. Matter of fact, he had been rebuked for his actions before. He had been benched, if you please. Years ago, I worked as assistant pastor, amen, with a great man of God. And he had one unique thing uh, that he had, and that was a specially marked bench right up at the front of the church there. And that was the bench that everybody that was on restriction had to sit on. Aren't you glad you got the pastor you got? Yeah, you better be shaking a bush about it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, married, single, it didn't matter, friend. Uh, If they messed up, that's where they sat. Some of them sat there for a whole year. God have mercy. Abishai knew what that bench felt like. Abishai had not been a model saint up until that point. But there was something in old Abishai, a man, that said, you know what, I'm not always all what I should be. But there's something in me that knows what loyalty is all about. And when David longed for a drink of water from Bethlehem's well, you'll find Abishai was one of the troops that was breaking through behind the enemy's camp, saying, if that's what my pastor wants, if that's what he wants, I'll risk my life to get it for him. I won't stop at anything. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, friend, it's time we had a revival uh, of some kind of loyalty uh, among apostolic churches uh, in this last hour. Uh, We had a revival, uh, amen, of young people, uh, of grandmas and grandpas uh, that said, I ain't always uh, had a perfect track record, uh, but I am loyal uh, to my pastor. Uh, Nobody uh, is going to badmouth him uh, in front of me. Uh, Nobody. He's going to run him down in front of my children. Hallelujah. And Abishai, Abishai said, God have mercy. If I stay here struggling with my problems, And we have a funeral tomorrow that buries my shepherd. I ain't going to be able to live with myself. Hallelujah. He said, I'm coming. I'm coming. (laughs) I can see him running like that brother Jimmy that was here the other night. Running and jumping as he's running. Saying, hang on, it's me! Ishbi Banab probably smiled real big and said, if I can handle David, I ain't going to have any problem with that guy. He said, come on, I'll wait for you. And Ishbi Banab smiled at him. Amen. Abishai came running. He said, it's double or nothing. 
you going to kill both of us or none of us? You got it? You got it, fella? You got it? You got it? He said, just put up or shut up. Come on, let's get with it. And out there on the battlefield, amen, Abishai, without the experience of knowing how to do it against a giant, engaged himself in mortal combat, fighting and ducking, amen, and dodging and doing everything within his power. Amen. If it got the giant knocked off balance, he would kneel down beside David and slap him on the cheek and say, stay awake, stay awake, hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. I've almost got him, I've almost got him. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're going to get it done. Now the Bible said that Abishai secured him. Yeah, most of you think that's the scouring pad. Scoured him real good. Your pastor don't need another scouring, friend. Secured means he bore him up gently. Hallelujah. He reached down and helped him and held him and poured water in his mouth. Amen. And encouraged him and was there with him all the way through. By the power of the Almighty God, Abishai landed the right blow and brought down that massive giant. Abishai fell before his shepherd, helped him up, loved him and carried him off of the battlefield there together. And they asked the story around the campfire. And Abishai told him all he could tell. There wasn't anything else I could do, guys, but take the chance and the risk that it entailed to help out David, our leader, our shepherd. Oh, if the story ended there, it'd be a beautiful story all by itself. But that ain't even close to the best part of the story. The best part of the story is... Ispi Banab had a big old brother too. Uh huh. There was a bunch of them still left up there at Gath. And when that brother saw that not only is Goliath dead, but now Ispibanab is dead too. I'm going to have to go down there and do a little head knocking myself and take care of them Israelites down there on the battlefield. And he came out to do battle with them. You talk about a mad giant. Two of his brothers was down. And the Bible said that that giant named Saf, he came on down after them. I can just see Abishai saying, uh, excuse me guys, y'all roast some more weenies and marshmallows at the fire, if you will. But I got some more business that needs taken care of. It seems to me like another giant, another one of those brothers wants to come down and challenge us. And so I'm going back out to take him on. Woo! And a big old hand reached out and grabbed a hold of his collar. Said, not on your life, Abishai. Sibakai said, it's my turn. Woo! I didn't think I could do it till I saw you do it. Woo! <laughs> And you and I, you ain't one bit tougher than I am. We all oohed and awed about what David could do. And none of us ever dreamed that we could ever kill a giant. But since I saw that you did it, I got dibs on the next one. 
I got him. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. I'm going to get him. Woo! And old Sibakai comes swaggering back to the camp. <laughs> Woo! Sin boys, it ain't nearly as hard as you guys thought it was. I don't know why we hadn't tried this a long time ago. Uh-huh. It ain't nearly as difficult. And another brother comes rumbling down this next giant. And the Bible said that old Elhanan said, you big greedy rascals, you ain't about to get bragging rights to any more than what I can do. He said, it's my turn to fight a giant. It's my turn. I've been drooling about it ever since you told me that you did it. If you can do it, I can do it. Amen. I am going to try my hand at fighting the giants. Woo. You got three of them now bragging around the fireplace. Uh huh. And finally, the last giant comes down. Only this fella has got an extra sausage hanging on each hand. And off of every foot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Abishai said, guys, I'm sorry, but the fellow with the most seniority needs to handle this one. You might chop off a finger and not know what to do when he's still got five left. You, 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 you boys just might freak out. Uh, this guy's a little harder than all of the rest of them. Uh-huh. It's my turn to get number two. But the Bible said, Woo, hallelujah, there was a young by the name of Jonathan that said, Sorry, Charlie. No way, Jose. Uh-uh. I don't care if he's got 14 fingers and 18 toes. It doesn't matter to me. I've been sitting over here scratching. Hey, man, like I ain't never scratched before in all of my life. I've been itching to get at him. And I don't know if there's any more brothers left up there. So i got to go for it. Now, it's my turn. I gotta get him. Uh-huh. Now, let me let me reason with you just a minute before we close here. Uh-huh. When you decide that you want to lend your hand to help your pastor. Fight the only giant that has the ability to kill him. You hear me loud and clear. Amen. He might not move out of town. But friend, when something kills his vision, he's as good as dead. When something kills that burden that brought him to that city... Amen. You might as well kiss it all goodbye because it ain't going anywhere. And I'm telling you, that shepherd of yours spends nights. I'm not telling you a fairy tale. There are nights that he spends wrestling in the carpet all alone. Amen. Crying and begging God, give us a breakthrough, God. Give us a breakthrough. Give us a breakthrough uh, and there's a giant uh, that's over the top of him uh, pounding his head uh, into the carpet uh, saying nobody's going to help you nobody's going to help you it don't matter what you've done for those people uh, they aren't going to help you uh, fulfill your vision Uh, they're not going to lift a finger when you decide that you're going to be an Abishai. Don't start using your sword to fight your fellow brethren. 
Uh-huh. It don't do a bit of good to jump up in testimony service. Bless God. If nobody in this church is going to help out our pastor, bunch of lazy bums, uh, amen. Uh, our pastor wanted some flyers passed out the other night, uh, amen. Uh, and I came to the church, uh, and I was the only one that showed up. Whop, 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 whop. See how many of your heads I can roll. God have mercy. Get off of your stinking self-righteous trip that you're on. If nobody else will show up for prayer meeting, bless God, I'm going to show up. You need to use every bit of that sword and conserve it for fighting the giant. Not for fighting one another for making it up in your mind uh, that never, uh, never uh, if I gotta come to church in a full body cast uh, amen, I ain't never let my pastor, uh, amen be in a prayer meeting uh, by himself Uh, I will be there with him Uh, he's gonna have uh, at least one Abishai uh, that's gonna be praying with him Uh, at least one uh, that's gonna be working with him Uh, at least one that's going to be trying to fulfill his vision. And I ask you tonight, are you going to continue past this service tonight fighting your own little puny battles and letting your shepherd die on the battlefield with no body To help him fight the giant of sit down and be fruitful. Oh yeah, yeah. Saddam Hussein, one of his crews came running in here today trying to kidnap, slaughter some despot in the world. Oh yeah, every man in this church would jump up and run off, rip off their jacket, fight till there was blood in your boots to try to physically protect your pastor but chances are that'll probably never happen in your lifetime where your pastor will ever need your fist to help him out in a battle but I'm telling you the God's truth tonight there is a giant that's landing blows at regular intervals pounded away your shepherd he stands in the pulpit every Sunday with a smile he gives you a glowing joy of the Lord's sermon as he preaches but he goes home to pain and hurt that you will never ever understand in a lifetime saying God why won't anybody help me fulfill my vision young man in our church where our pastor, he was involved and uh, <laughs> with me one day. We were working on building project at the church and all of a sudden a man came into the office. He was a big man and uh, several inches taller than me and a whole lot heavier. And Amen. He came into my office and he was mad over something that he thought involved me and It really didn't, but he was mad anyway, standing there at the little makeshift office we had, and he was bellowing out these threats of all of what he was going to do physically to me. And I was just sitting there in the chair listening to him, wondering, Amen, what's wrong with this guy? Did Mama burn his toast this morning or... You know, what, 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 what seems to be the problem with him? And, and he kept getting more belligerent and closer and closer to the desk there and finally brother Jim in our church overheard uh, the commotion going on and brother Jim knows some martial arts and he came uh, to the door that was there and he stood behind the door and he stood up on his tippy toes to look over that guy's shoulders Uh, amen and brother Jim caught my eye and he pointed at him
Brother, he was gritting his teeth, friend. Uh, amen. Uh, and I just kind of smiled and shook him off like that. Uh, Brother Jim had this puzzled look on his face. And he, he walked away from the door. And the man never even seen him. And he walked away for a little bit. And the man got closer and started yelling louder of what he was going to do to me. Uh, and Brother Jim knew uh, that when he was out shooting heroin... Uh-huh. I was the one loving him to Jesus Christ. I was the one helping him, amen, through all his mess-ups of life uh, to get his life right uh, and get it straight with God. Uh, and Brother Jim was having a fit, uh, amen. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, the guy wasn't going to lay a finger on me. Uh, and Brother Jim, uh, amen, finally came back this time. Uh, I guess he, he thought, uh, Pastor must not know what I can do with these bare hands. Uh, he had a claw hammer held up in the air and he was standing there like a wild Indian with this expression on his face just saying say the word say the word just say the word hallelujah I shook him off again and Amen. He looked again, puzzled me, walked away again. And this time, he just wasn't going but a couple of steps back, and he just stood there. I mean, every muscle rippling on his body. Uh, he just stood there to see. And that guy made the mistake, uh, amen, of getting just a little too close uh, to my desk. Uh, and Brother Jim, uh, I mean louder than you've ever heard any preacher scream in your life. Uh, Brother Jim screamed to the top of his voice. Uh, he said, Pastor, do you need any help? Dude wheeled around and saw him there. I thought we might as well have a little fun out of this. Uh, I got up out of my chair uh, and started walking toward him uh, as Jim was walking the other way. Uh, amen. With a hammer in his hand. Uh, amen. The guy looked at him. Uh, he looked at me. Uh, looked back again. Uh, and Jim came a step closer. Uh, amen. Ready to knock it on him. Uh, hallelujah. The guy said, um, Get it, preacher. It ain't no big deal anyway. Ooh, there's not a red-blooded man in this building uh, that wouldn't do the same uh, for your shepherd. Uh, amen. If you're worth your salt, that is. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, it's not a belligerent man uh, that's fixing to kill uh, your shepherd. Uh, it's the spirit uh, of our age uh, that said, just sit there. Just sit there. Let him preach all his sermons he wants. As long as you keep putting your tithe offering in the offering plate. That ought to make him happy, shouldn't it? You know, it could be worse. Could be worse, Pastor. I know I never show up for visitation. and You can never count on me to do anything to help you with evangelism. But I could quit paying my tithes, you know. I could be chopping my hair off and going off to the charismatics. I could be, so you you just better not gripe too much, preacher. You just better be content to, to let me sit there in the pew. If someone comes to the music, I promise you. I promise you, your shepherd being a loving, gentle man, your shepherd, amen, will not ever force you to come to His help and assistance in this battle. He'll pray till He can't pray anymore. He'll fast till He can't fast anymore. He'll swing His sword without murmuring, without complaining. You'll never hear Him across the battlefield screaming, Never hear him saying, God, won't any of these people help me? 
you'll never hear the inward groans that's going on in his spirit. You'll never see the pillow stained with his tears. Begging God. God, just just give me one man. Just give me one woman that'll fight shoulder to shoulder with me in helping me to fulfill my vision of reaching the lost my city. And I promise you, Abishai, if you make a choice tonight that you're going to do that, it won't be but a day or two that there'll be just one of you. Because courage is contagious. And when the rest of the youth group sees one of their own making it up in their mind that they're going to help the pastor, others in the youth group will say, I'm coming too. When one young married couple decides, honey, 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 the pastor needs help, other young married couples are going to see that if they can do it, I can do it too. I want to conclude tonight a little differently. And I hope you'll grant me the liberty. The hour is still early. But I would like to ask every pastor that is here. I know there are some that have come from distant places. I won't ask you to come if there are none of the saints of your congregation here. But if you have any of your saints of your congregation here in this service tonight, other than your wife, amen, your children are of age, or if there's other saints, I'd like to ask the pastors to come and spread out across the front of this altar area here, just facing the congregation there leaving room as much space as possible between each other. Amen. Amen. Elder Spell, would it be alright if I asked Brother Anthony to come and stand beside you also? Help you out? I don't want to wear you out here tonight. Seeing this is the home church, there might be a lot of people wanting prayer. No, I'm not asking one saint to come up here and pray for your pastor. But I am asking for candidates to be an Abishai that would be willing to come up and stand before your pastor and say, Pastor, Lay your hand on me and pray over me from this night forward I want to be an Abishai for you I want I ain't waiting on anybody else I don't care what the rest of the church does but I want to be an Abishai that will commit to helping you in the trenches fighting the spirit of sit down and be fruitful that this preacher preached to me about tonight. Amen. Is there an Abishai? Is there an Abishai in the building? Right now. Is there an Abishai? Oh God. Pastor. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me, Pastor. Oh God. I couldn't live with myself, Pastor. After hearing your word tonight, God. Knowing that 
said, I'm all caught up in my own little battles, my own little world, my own little problems, my own little circumstances, and you need me. You need me. You've never said it to me like it. But God has showed me tonight through the Word of God that you need me to be an Abishai for you. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me, Pastor. Ask God, ask God to help me be a father of a gift for our congregation from this day forward. Oh, yes. Lead us in a chorus, Brother Spain.